you're listening to Focus on the Bible. What kind of judgment are we headed for as we near the completion of this run of planet Earth? We think we're in the last days now based on things that are happening all around us, but what kind of judgment are we headed to? Is there one judgment or many? It seems that a lot of people these days are believing in one general judgment. I don't think that's correct according to the Bible. I think there's more than one. Let's talk about this. Those who believe that there is one judgment then are going to be bound to have one great big judgment that's for saved people and for unsaved people as well. And in that judgment, no doubt, there will have to be some examination of people's works. What's the problem with that? The problem is that if you have a judgment that's going to determine who's going into heaven and you're examining their works, something is wrong with your gospel understanding. Because the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. And so any judgment that deals with going into heaven can't be a judgment of our works. And so any judgment of our works must be another kind of judgment. And in fact, when we focus on the Bible, we find that there are at least three judgments that yet remain. One of them I want to talk about today as we focus on the Bible. This is called the judgment seat of Christ. The New Testament speaks of it several times, but I want to look at one passage together today. It's the most detailed passage about the judgment seat of Christ in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 through 15. The Bible says it like this, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire." And so that's what the Bible says about the judgment seat of Christ in 1 Corinthians 3. And now let's break it down so that we understand this fully. This judgment is a judgment for believers only. This is not a great big general judgment of everybody. And it's certainly not a judgment of people before they go into hell because they were not believers. No, this one is only for believers. How do we know that? Verse 9, he says, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. What he's saying in verse 9 is that these people that he writes to in the Corinthian church are like Paul is. They're all the building of God. They're all the husbandry of God. The husbandry means the farm. It means the vineyard, the grapevines, the plants, and the farmer is taking care of them to try to produce fruit. In the same way, God is working with all the people in his family as a farm so that he can produce fruit in the lives that we live. 
in the end of these lives, God is going to have a time of accountability that we as the husbandry of God are going to give an account for the fruit that we bore during the Christian life. Also, it's easy to see that this judgment seat of Christ is only for believers, only the saved, because of verse 1 in the same chapter. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. So Paul writes this chapter of the Bible to save people. Now they are weak. He can't call them spiritual believers. He must call them carnal believers. And they're young. They're babes. But make no mistake, they are in Christ. And they are God's husbandry, God's farm, His vineyard. And they're the building of God. These people have the Holy Spirit of God. They are as saved as can be. And in the end of it all, these lives they live, they're going to go to that judgment seat of Christ. So will you, friend, and so will I. If you're a believer in Jesus, you'll be there when it all goes down. Here's another fact about the judgment seat of Christ. This judgment is about works. It's not about faith, and it's not about sin. This judgment is a judgment of the works that believers did and not anything else. You see, this is not a judgment to see if we had faith or not. Only those who had faith in Jesus are saved. And only the saved appear at this judgment. There are no unbelievers here. God is not looking for faith in this judgment. He knows that these people already have placed their faith into Jesus Christ and they were saved in the earth and they are saved in eternity. And all those saved people now appear before Jesus Christ to be judged not for their faith, but for their works. This is also not a judgment of sin. You see, we have already had the judgment for our sin. Our sin was judged at a judgment at Calvary. When the Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, 2 Corinthians 5.21. So all our sin was judged when our sin went on to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ suffered a great death penalty, the propitiation that paid for our sins and took them away, just like John the Baptist said he would. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. John 1.29 And so our sin has already been taken away. Our sin will not come into view at the judgment seat of Christ. However, make no mistake here, if you take a believer who's involved in prolonged sin... These kinds of sin that can dominate a person's life, you'll understand then that sin, though it's not judged at the judgment seat of Christ, may very well affect the fruit bearing of a saved person. A saved person who's fiddling around, playing in the flesh, and being consumed in his life, being neutralized in the good works that he could do, is certainly going to be affected by his weak choices that he made for his Christian life. But that's what this judgment is all about. The fruit 
that saved people bore during the Christian life. This is easy to see in verse 13 and verse 14. This judgment is about works. Verse 13 says, every man's work shall be made manifest. Verse 14 says, if any man's work abide. And so clearly this is a judgment of our works. One day, friend, your works will be placed in front of Jesus Christ. They will be examined. They will be judged by the fire of of Christ that appears at this judgment. Now, someone has said that this fire is Jesus himself. The text doesn't say that. Someone pulled that from somewhere else, but I don't see that when we focus on the scripture here. There is a fire. I can't say that the fire is Christ, but this is the judgment seat of Christ, and that work is going to be examined by the producing of this fire, this is a fire like none other. It has the ability to examine the work of a believer, to examine the goodness of that work, the motive of that work, to see if that work is done for God and in the power of God and with the production fruit bearing that was on the work that God did in the life of a believer. Here's another truth about the judgment seat of Christ. This judgment is to determine reward. The end of this judgment, the final analysis, is to see if this particular believer is rewarded for the work he or she did. Take note, this is not a judgment of anyone's eternal salvation. It's a judgment of our fruit for the end to see if we will be rewarded or not. It's easy to see this in verse 14, that this is a judgment about reward, not a judgment to see who's saved. He says, if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. So this is a judgment about reward. Here's another fact that may surprise you. There is a loser at the judgment seat of Christ. It's so very clear that not all saved people have done great work for the Lord that will be rewarded. Friend, it's a popular idea in today's weakened theology, but obedience in the Christian life is not an automatic thing. It's not. A fruit-filled life is not an automatic thing in the life of every believer Look at this loser who's in verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. So there is a saved person who shows up at the judgment seat of Christ. And to probably his horror, he sees all the work that maybe he thought he had stored up in heaven burned, leaving nothing rewardable before Jesus Christ. What a shock that would be. And so this believer then suffers loss. He suffers loss. Here is the loser at the judgment seat of Christ. Have you ever been given a gift at Christmas time by someone that you realized in the moment of the giving you didn't have a gift for? 
Now, I've heard of people who would leave that person standing at the door and rush in the, inside the house to that place where generic gifts are stored, already wrapped up but with no name tag, and that person's name will be hastily written on the tag, and there goes the gift back to the door to save embarrassment, to save face over the fact that a gift wasn't purchased for this friend. And that's a little like maybe what it would be like to be at the judgment seat of Christ and realize I, the only reason I'm here is because Jesus Christ gave me the gift of God, eternal life, at the cost of his body and blood. And in my life, I have done nothing to show my appreciation for him, to allow the outworking of God in my life to bear fruit that would be produced in honor of the Savior who gave his life for me. What an awful thing. What a terrible loss. No wonder Paul the Apostle calls it suffering loss. So friend, be careful in your decision making, the way you spend your days, your minutes. Every believer is saved for free by the grace of God. Every believer is sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. Every believer is made the child of God. By regeneration and by the adoption, every believer is given a spiritual gift in which to serve. Every believer is given opportunities to do good works for the Lord. Be careful how you choose, that you don't choose according to the world, that you don't choose by the culture, that you don't choose for your life what most people seem to choose for theirs. Choose wisely as an individual who's a believer in Jesus that one day is going to stand before this judgment seat of Christ and every work be examined in a moment of accountability that you'll have before God, your maker and the giver of eternal life. Now, could it be that you've never believed in Christ? Well, then you don't have eternal life. You're not saved. You're not going to this judgment, friend. You'll go to another, a horrid judgment at the great white throne. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. We are so excited to tell you about our summer camps at Grace Farm, our youth training center in Dewey Rose, Georgia. Kids need good training in the truth of the Bible like never before. And our camps at Grace Farm provide just that, a tremendous atmosphere for learning life-changing spiritual truth and having great fun together at the same time. If you know a student between the ages of 8 to 18, registration is open at www.gracefarmonline.com. Thanks for joining us for Focus on the Bible, a production of Focus Evangelistic Ministries Incorporated. For questions or comments, you can write to us at Focus Ministries Incorporated, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. For more information about our ministry, you can visit our website, freddycoyle.org. We hope to see you again for next week's episode of Focus on the Bible.